Pulp MX Network Production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Mathis, of course. Thank you, everybody, for subscribing on iTunes, getting it on Stitcher, going to pulphockey.com. We've been having a lot of fun doing them. Sean Pronger, uh, just uh, Dean Everson uh, coming up next week. And, of course, Ferraro did one last week with us, so thanks very much. We appreciate it. The best men's underwear out there is two under. The number two, UNDR, Ferraro 20 is the code to save yourself money with those guys. And, of course, Righty Board. We do Righty Board now on here. Uh, mentioned the code PULP for 15% off. It's a, it's a restickable hockey whiteboard that sticks to virtually any surface. Stick them on the rink, glass at practice, peel it off, slap it up. It's patented foam technology in these things, and it makes installation and removing a breeze. I just sent some of these to Dave Manson, and he loves them, people. So RightyBoards.com. Please check them out. With me on the line. Guy who had a nice career in the uh, NHL, over 500 games, and I want and a bunch of more games in uh, in Europe that I want to get to. And uh, he's famous for a lot of things. One of them is being traded four times in one year. We'll get into that. And of course, uh, he, like I said, a nice career in the NHL. Dave McElwain, what's going on, Dave? Thanks for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, nice chat with you. The, the traded four times in one season, you must, I don't know if that's a, like, on one hand, it probably comes up a lot with people. On the other hand, it's like you, people wanted you, like they wanted well, a, I, a, a, a second I, and third line center, right? So like, it's exactly. a, I don't know. Well, I, had, I had to think that I was wanted. If it was the other way around, it probably wouldn't have lasted another year. But <laughs> I, I kept thinking the next team was the one that wanted me. And one team I said, Told me Buffalo said I went there for the two weeks just to get to New York. So you you never know what these uh, yeah the GMs are telling you at the time, and you just gotta kind of keep believing and keep playing and uh, yeah move on to the next team. I did a golf tournament that summer in Toronto. I remember, and uh, I I think there was thirty four guys I played with thirty two of them <laughs> that season, and there was and they were from all over. Yeah, so that yeah. tells you how yep. much I how much I traveled there, dude. It's insane. And we'll talk a little bit about it for sure because I want to know what was going on in your mind when you you know five games with, with the Buffalo Sabers and uh, and three games with the Jets. But first of all, uh, what's going on with you now? What's up with Dave McElwain these days? What's happening? Well, I uh, I moved into I retired over in Europe probably five or six years ago, and uh, kind of took a couple of years to figure out exactly what direction or what I wanted to get involved in. Um, I always kind of thought I would get involved in staying in the game of hockey. Um, mm-hmm. Had an opportunity to go back to Europe, but uh, at the time I wasn't ready to go. And and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I got involved with. Uh, a security company here in Toronto, a buddy owns, uh, we deal with guard work, whether it's uh, condos, malls, construction sites, it's manpower. So mm-hmm. it's um, on the sales part of things. Um, okay. It's not something I thought about when I was playing that I would get into, but uh, yeah. we all know you get into, you're always, uh, you're always into the sales side of things when you get into the real world, whether it doesn't matter what you're selling, but uh, it's been a learning experience mm-hmm. and uh you know, trying to use your connections and hockey and connections around Toronto to 
you know, bring in new business. So right. um, we're involved with a lot of alumni games. We play a lot of charity games throughout Canada, Ontario, with the Leaf alumni, the NHL alumni, and uh, a lot of games, but a lot of uh, different uh, fundraising tournaments where you're put on with different companies that have put in teams. And sometimes you strike up uh, relationships with sure. uh, guys that are needed security in, in those things. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, now, no offense, but like after you left the NHL, I didn't follow your career. I go on Hockey DB to look at what you've been doing. I know a lot about what you did in the NHL. You played for nine years in the German League, and and you were really good, racking up the points. And like you said, you just retired not that long ago. Uh, you're in your late forties, man. You love the game. That's awesome. You uh, you must have been loving it over there. Were you over there full time all year? Well. Uh, what happened was uh, my last year <clears throat> over here, I ended up in the minors half the year and mm-hmm. um, had an opportunity to go over to a small town in Germany and, and uh, thought I'd take the venture over. I just thought maybe that would be uh, an option to extend your career, playing career. I'll have to admit, I didn't enjoy it my first year. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, you I got in a small town. The guys were good. It was just a different situation, language, hockey, and uh, yeah. So I was there for one year and thought maybe I'd come back and play in the IHL. Um, but then an opportunity to, came to go to Bern, Switzerland. And uh, once I got into Bern, I kind of realized, all right, it's it's done over here. If I want to continue, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to continue over there. So I played in Bern for two years and then ended up in Cologne, Germany for nine years. So yeah, um, it, it was a great experience. But as, as a player, you have to go over with the right attitude and uh, – you know, you're you're part of the German or Swiss Hockey League, and you can't come over thinking you're this almighty Canadian and change things. That you mm-hmm. just have to adapt to their cultures and their game, and uh, with the right attitude, and um, you know, you can play a long time. But it, it's not easy. I think a lot of guys go over with the attitude of. You know, I'm going to Europe. It's going to be really. It's going to be easy. Yeah, I'm going to flow through things. I'm going to dominate and, or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to dominate. Yeah, and believe yeah. me, those those guys don't last long. I, I yeah. know a couple guys that come over. Great guys. Yep. Um, good hockey players, but just couldn't get their game. They were there. Their minds were elsewhere, and they just you have to compete because there is good players over there. Mm-hmm. And as we know, and my my type of game, I had to play every night, or I wasn't wasn't up to par so you, you learn that quick and either you do learn it or you don't and you're and you're done pretty quick but uh i was fortunate enough to get in clone and a you know good relationship with management mm-hmm. and and the fans and and obviously you have to produce to stay around that long to when you when you are an import player and and they expect big things out of the import players yeah it's uh it's not an easy country either germany to live in. i lived there for about six months and um, okay. and uh, back in the late '90s, I went to a couple of DEL games. I lived outside of Stuttgart, and like it's yeah. cold. The language is tough to get. Um, it's a greedy country. Um, it's it's yeah. it's uh, yeah. you know it's not it's not. I, I would say the Swiss league is probably a little funner, a little easier. Um, I imagine well, you know. Both both have uh, the pros and cons. Switzerland, mm-hmm. you're. Only, when I played there, we only had three imports. I think they have three and maybe two Euro players that are allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get into the German league, there was a lot more import players, whether you know they're North American or Swedish or yep. Finnish yep. that come down. So there is that more North American mentality a little bit. Right. Um, you, you know, if you get into the right cities, I was in Cologne, which is a million people, very uh, – international city where there's a lot of English speaking. It's the smaller cities that you have a yeah. 
you know, a little people are stuck in their ways and, and want to stick to their German language. And, and by no means is, is it easy. It took me a while to pick up the language. After about four or five years, I decided to go to school and, and oh, wow. try to pick up the language yep. and, and help out and just makes things easier when you're trying to communicate. I wasn't perfect, far from it, but, uh, you know, I could have yeah. small conversations with made it easier. I, I guess I was a little ignorant to it at the start because mm-hmm. I just thought, well, I learned the language. I'm going to be here for another year, another year. And right, I right. know I'm there <laughs> five years and, and, you know, a little bit yep. I ended up 12 years over there. So mm-hmm. I think if I would have did it the first year and, and kind of grasped their culture and, and, you know, a lot of guys do pick up the language and, whether they're still there or it's something they they took pride in doing, and, and it just took me a while to, to clue into it all. Did you ever get used to the meats and cheeses for breakfast? <laughs> you know what? I love it. I still have it. I, I have people that'll have uh, be over. It's like, okay, we got cheese on our toast and this. And they're like, what? what? And I enjoy it. I, I can honestly say I do that all the time. Oh, that's um, funny. It's funny how you do pick up different yeah parts of their culture. And I mean, I spent twelve years there, so you're yeah. gonna. Um, grab part of it. Would you come back in the off season, or did you? Was it just, was just there for hockey season? Uh, yes, I, yeah. I'd always come back to a, at a place in a small town called Grand Bend on Lake Huron. Yeah, um, I grew up very close to that, and at a place, great, great spot. The summer, um, it was difficult leaving. Their their season starts earlier. And training camp always started August first, and oh geez, okay. Believe me, for twelve years, that August first came around very quickly, and and. That was the toughest thing. But once I get over there, get in the game, and got focused, and you know, it's it is what it is. Now I have, you know, you have all the summers you want, and I knew that would be when I was done. You know, you're going to have many many summers where you wish you were you were heading over there to start playing. Again. Yeah, yeah, and then like I said, like a, a long career, like you're into your 40s, you're still playing, man. You must must have just loved it, or the money was that good. Um, you must have just <laughs> loved the game, I, I imagine. You know, you know what I, I did. Um, I stayed healthy. I was pretty regiment with the uh, training part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always asked the older guys, you know, when do you know when do you know you're finished? And they kind of said, well, y- you'll know. And I got to my last year. I had a couple, had a back surgery and a bad concussion. It was just uh, that's when you kind of think, you know, what it's time. And right. and I still love to play. <clears throat> I think that was part of it. I did love the game. I still I still love the game. I love to play. Whenever I can, we're two or three times a week uh, yeah. you know, around Toronto here. There's always games to play, and, and uh, I think that's the drive. You know, the, I was still having fun, you know, being with yeah. younger guys and yeah. and uh, kind of getting into more of the teaching role as you get older, and, and um, I enjoyed that part of it and just love of the game, I guess. That's what it comes down to. Are you married? You got a family? Were they with you over there? Or how did that work? Uh, my family was at the time. I'm not now, but okay, uh, yeah. they enjoyed it. And I think that's half the, that's cool. the battle. Yeah. I had a son later, later in life, and uh, my wife at the time, she, she loved it. She okay. had no problem. And that's part of it. If, if mm-hmm. the other half enjoyed over there, then it makes things a lot easier. But a lot of guys stop early just because the the wife is not happy or not comfortable over there. So um, that's a, that's a big part of it for sure. Yeah, I was looking at some of the rosters. Corey Millen was over there, XLA King, uh, Dallas Star. Yeah. I think Corey Millen played with you for a little bit. And I guess, yeah, like you said, my, you'd, years. you'd see these guys come and go, right? And and they'd come over and they'd be like, "No, nah, it's not for me. I'm out of here." And uh, yeah, you know, it, it all depends. You, yeah. Like I said, you get in the right situation, um, the right guys, the right team, the right 
city, I guess is you just and you start feeling comfortable. I it was basically like my second home. I had no problem mm-hmm. going back and forth, same same condo, same come back in the summer, go over in the winter and yeah, yeah. it was pretty easy. If I if I started bouncing around over there, maybe I'm not sure if I would have played as long. I'm not you know, you never yeah. know that. Yeah, but yeah. I was yeah. in a good situation and and I, I think the you know, I had a good rapport with the fans and, and uh yeah, and then everything kinda of, kinda of falls into place if if with if everything goes well, that's for yeah. sure. Um was was the hockey equal to the I or the A? The AHL, the I? What do you where'd you put the level of hockey at? I would I would say a lot of it was to you know, your top American League play uh, teams. Um we had some at the bottom, but it's it's no different over here. Any given night the the other team can beat anybody. It was you know, you have your top two line. Every line, every team usually had two really good lines, and mm-hmm. uh, you know the third and fourth could play. And you know they have a lot of import guys, top American League guys going over. Some guys at my time mm-hmm. were finishing some NHL careers would go over. Not so much now. I I think it's different just because players have made uh, yeah. you know, a lot more money, and they're just not going to do it for a year to to make. Yeah, not even close to what they made before. But when I went, it was great. It was great money. Um, I, I was checking your Instagram. You just played in the Leafs Habs alumni game for uh, for charity. It looks like, and I'm guessing, yeah. Dave. Like, look, it wasn't that long ago where you were playing a very high level of hockey. You were probably one of the best guys out there. You're like, hey, check me out, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you know I'm one of the I guess younger guys or guys that are still playing a lot. It's and I think that's the hardest part when guys go out once a month and, and yeah. try to play or or they get older or just uh, stay, in, stay in shape. I still like to uh, keep on a routine and keep in shape. So mm-hmm. that definitely helps. And it's just, uh, yeah, you're, you might be one of the better players, but you're about 20 years too late if you want to be one of the better players. <laughs> you want to do that when you're actually uh, in the NHL. Who's a couple of guys on the alumni team that still has it, still have it? Who, there are a couple of guys that get well, obviously... there, There's different guys. Uh, I don't know. Mike Johnson still plays the oh, odd yeah. team. Gary, Lehman, Gary Lehman's out there. And, yeah. You know, everyone has their spurts. So Wendell plays a couple games. He's good for down the wing for a wrist shot. But there's not a lot of back checking in these no, teams. No, so no. I saw. You can you can easily go hard one way and, and cruise back the other way. And I checked. Actually, they, back checking is forbidden in those games. So. <laughs> and I saw an alumni game a little while ago, and Russ Courtnell still got wheels. Still got wheels. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't, you know what, I haven't seen uh, Russ. I've done a couple, I did a tour up northern Ontario with Glenn Anderson. Yeah. Uh, a guy, Greg Adams, can still skate. Cliff okay. Ronnie can still skate. Yeah, Ronnie uh, too. With Daryl Shannon, Shannon, mm-hmm. um, different different guys. Uh, that we're not always together, but you see them at different functions. Now, I mean, you know, he was always uh, Russ was always a good skater, and I, I don't think you really lose that. It's just yep. how how fast, or maybe it's just the other guys. I always say the other guys are so slow it makes me look fast, but really I'm not that. <laughs> Right. Well, um, let's get into your career a little bit. You're drafted in the ninth round, and I don't think there even is nine rounds anymore. Um, no, there isn't. Yeah, and drafted in the ninth round in the 86 draft, and you break camp a, a little bit one year later with the with the Pittsburgh. And I remember you as a rookie, too. You kind of caught some people by surprise. You're on a team with Mario, Paul Coffey. 
I mean, that had been pretty cool. And also, a ninth-round draft pick, you had a nice role. You made a nice uh, career for yourself. Were you expecting to make the Penguins right that, that um, year, or how did, how did that go? I, I didn't know. They just kind of said there would be opportunities there. But it, it was different. I came off of a, you know, a very offensive junior career, and then all of a sudden you go into Pittsburgh. I think the fact that I could skate and I was a, you know, a good two-way player, that they were looking at me to play more of that role. Because mm-hmm. when you have a guy like – Mario Lemieux in front of you, that's going to take up a lot of right. offensive time for for the centerman. So it was an adjustment. Um, it was tough, you know, not scoring as much as you're used to. You just kind of have to mm-hmm. accept your role. And, and uh, you know, obviously it was excited. Mario was – we were all waiting for him to come back for the Canada Cup my first year. And that's kind of when he – his coming out party with Gretzky and, yep. and how they dominated the Russians. Not dominated, but ended up beating them. Yeah, and, great series. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was October, November, we ended up trading for uh, Paul Coffey, and he always tells the story that his first point was actually, uh, I, tipped, I tipped it in in front, and he actually had to come up and turn me around to see my last name because he had no idea who I was. So, <laughs> nice. Nice. Always, Thanks, Coffey. I always tell that story, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I'm still a good friend today. When you look at your like – you got 119 points in 60 games your last year at junior. You got uh, 72 points in 46 with Muskegon back in the eye. Uh, you were, Later on in your career, you go to Cleveland for a, a year. You put up uh, 75 points in 60 games. In the, like, you were one of those guys – like you could score, you had some skills, yeah. and then it's almost like in the NHL. I mean, you got 25 goals one year with the Jets, and we'll get into that. But it's one of those years where, like you just said, you got to get in where you fit in, and you just always fit in as like a second, third line. Uh, sometimes a checking guy. I remember with the Jets, you were used as a checker a lot. With the Leafs, you were used yeah. as a checker. But you had skills. But you got to yeah. whatever whatever you need to do to stay in the in the game right in the in the show yeah i guess it is you you kind of find your role of course everybody wants to be scoring goals that's that's a big part that's the fun part of the game and uh and believe me i miss that sometimes when you're put in those checking roles but mm-hmm. you you kind of got to take pride in or you do have to take pride in in that role that uh, you can find within the team some Sometimes on the team you find that role, and sometimes I was kind of maybe uh, still searching for that. Where do you want me to fit in here? And mm-hmm. you know, I played all positions, whether it's left wing, right wing, center. Maybe that's you know a good a good thing that you could be that utility guy. And uh, you know, when someone was hurt, they they bring you in and you fill that role for a game and go back to your other role. And uh, you know, the years that what I did score, you know, I knew my role, and mm-hmm. and uh, like I said it. It's obviously more fun scoring goals, but yeah. uh, well, you you just you find you find your niche in the, in the team. Yeah, again, like yeah, you look at your numbers. Like you could you could play. You know, no doubt, it wasn't just like you had cement hands or anything. Um, what yeah. was it like just practicing with Mario and Coffee every day? And how were those guys to you as a young guy? Were they cool? They they were great. You know, uh, Mario was obviously a lot younger than than uh, than Koff, who was. Right. Like, Paul was 27. He was seven years older. Mario was only two years older than me. So mm-hmm. at the time, we were uh, pretty much at the at the same age, and they were good. You know, they Paul had a lot of experience. He won three or three Stanley Cups. I think a couple of Canada Cups, a couple of Norris Trophies at the time. Yeah. And yep. you know, when those guys, you know, they talk, you you listen, and they try to teach in a constructive way or, or tell you certain things or you know, wake you up when you need it. And, and, uh, cause they've seen it all. And, and you're a young kid still 
kind of caught a, like a deer in the headlights sometimes. And, you know, half the time I didn't, re- you know, I'm sitting there watching Mario Lemieux and half, you know, I'm on the bench and some of the things he did, it was like, I wanted to stand up like a fan and, and start <laughs> clapping because yeah. it was, it was just like, did he just do that? And, and, and Paul was just a, just a great skater as everyone yeah, knows. And, right. Um, that was kind of my game. So I pick his brain or kind of learn, you know, different ways to sharpen skates. And he's kind of the guy that got me onto a different hollow on my blades to help you skate better. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, you, you always, if you're not picking up things from those guys and you, you have your head in the sand, that's for sure. I did one of these with Rob Brown, who does, he's up in the Edmonton uh, doing the Oilers broadcast and, uh, he played yeah. with Mario, obviously, 49 goals that one year. And uh, yeah. he tells some stories where he's just standing there not even paying attention anymore. He's just watching Mario. I'm just stand, I'm just watching <laughs> Mario. I'm on his line, but I don't, yeah. I'm a fan now. So. Yeah, and Brown, Brown is good. He knew where to stand. It was right beside the net, and he must have tapped in 25 standing there. <laughs> right? You're like, why can't, yeah. I, why can't I put play with, with Mario? Yeah. Um, <laughs> The uh, the trade to Winnipeg it happened in the summer. Um, did you have any idea it was coming? And I guess obviously, I, you know, Pittsburgh was on the verge yeah, I, or something. So, yeah, I, I had no idea, and I was very disappointed because sure, you know, it was your you are, it was your first trade, and all of a sudden I'm going to Winnipeg. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> right. Winnipeg! But you know, when I look back, it it helped me get going. I got a lot of ice time when I went there, and um, you know, the year I got traded, Pittsburgh missed the playoffs, but then they come back and won two Stanley Cups. You could yeah. see them yep. putting a team together. It wasn't going to be long before uh, they were able to put that team together and the players coming through and the mm-hmm. talent they had. That it was just a matter of time. Well, and then you got traded for Randy Gillen, uh, one of the guys in the deal, um, and he was key for Pittsburgh. You know, he kind of took a, a role that you could have done, third line yeah. checker yeah. guy, you know. Um, yeah, but believe me, I thought of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that's that's hockey, that's yeah. sports. It's uh, you know, what if I stayed there and they got someone else and I was stuck in the minors, you know? And, sure. Yeah. And you waste away. I guess you got to look at it different ways. And um, yeah, I think every guy was hopes to win a Stanley Cup, and there's many, many guys that uh, that don't, but that ended up being you know great players. It's just sometimes it takes a bit of luck and and. Uh, being in the right spot yep. and finding that role that uh, all of a sudden you you got two Stanley, three Stanley Cups with some of these guys. Well, you're third third year in the league, so you go to Winnipeg, and that's where I, that's where I see I see you a bunch because I, I live there and yeah. uh, going to games. Twenty five goals. Uh, I think you played, and maybe my memory is is losing me, but I think you played with Thomas Dean a lot that year. Um, uh, I was more I, okay, not so much. I was uh, I was more of a third line i didn't play a lot of power play okay but uh yeah i think had 25 goals and i had seven shorthanded goals so we were mostly i played with dougie smell we were both fairly quick in the penalty right. kill and we ended up creating a lot of chances uh shorthanded and and i think i had one power play goal so i didn't really play that power play it was third line uh Third line checker, I guess, is but I was fortunate to to score some goals that year. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the next year, Housley's there and uh, gets traded for Howard Chuck and uh, yeah. Eddie Olchuk comes over in a trade with Toronto, which you're you'll be going heading that way shortly. Uh, but not a very good team, right? Not not a very good uh, year. Bob Murdoch, I think, was the coach, and uh, yeah, yeah, tough tough year for for Winnipeg. You're probably thinking, oh, I'm set. I got 25 goals. I'm good to go. And yeah. then the next year just kind of falls apart on a team level. Well. It- I look back on it now and 
you know, I think the expectations were high and everybody they moved Dale thinking, mm-hmm. you know, Eddie come in later on. I was kind of penciled a second line center and mm-hmm. then she went to a third line center, but ended up uh, hurt, hurt my knee and missing six, uh, six weeks. And mm-hmm. we just couldn't find the groove and, and miss the playoffs that year. I think we missed the playoffs that year. And yeah. Start of the next year was the, the start of the uh, jumping from division <laughs> yeah. to division. Uh, Housley and Coffee, pretty similar players, huh? To uh, to have to they, have. They the are end. both are yeah. very talented. Uh, Phil was very very similar, very offensive and uh, great passer. Very very similar when you play with both of them and, and see their. Uh, Paul was maybe a little better skater, but Dale or you know Phil was not far behind him uh, yep. in the skating department. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Pulp Hockey Podcast Show. Having a good time doing it, and uh, thanks to our guys for coming on board over at Righty Board. Righty Board's Power Play Whiteboard is hockey's first restickable portable hockey whiteboard that goes wherever you go. Whether it's needed at one end of the rink or one end of the country, the Power Play Board sticks to any surface your team needs it. Vivid graphics and a white background on the front. Removable, long-lasting, air-free adhesive on the back. Visualization is now your ultimate weapon. It's the most versatile, practical, and simple-to-use whiteboard in the world. Every rink, every team, every coach needs to get a few of these Power Play whiteboards and check them out. Use the code PULP at writeyboards.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y, boards.com, to get 15% off your Power Play board. All right, back to the show. So, yeah, the next year, so Winnipeg, three games in, you're traded uh, to Buffalo. And I remember that trade in the sense of, like, thinking, okay, wait, uh, Darren Shannon, Dean Kennedy, and Mike Hartman, I'm like, I don't know if that's that good of a return uh, for yourself who would score 25 goals. But, um, yeah, did you know that was coming? And, and, and you, I, know, you know what? I, I didn't. I, I guess I knew the night before because we traveled all the way to San Jose. Uh-huh. And I was pulled out after the warm-up. And I know I started with oh, a goal yeah. and assist. And uh, yeah. so the rumors were going, all the guys, what's going on? And we, you know, you sit in the press box trying to figure out what's going, what is happening. And Mike Smith ended up calling me first thing in the morning and said, I've traded you and Gord Donnelly to, to um, Buffalo. Buffalo, and you got to meet them in Quebec City. And I'm like, man, we just fly all the way to <laughs> San Jose. Took us a day to get to Quebec City, and I remember the first game there. I had a penalty shot, new gloves, new. Pe- I just felt so uh, right, sort of the, the norm. And I think I ended up hitting the post. And I, I think the story was that I was going there, but I was already on a move to New York Islanders and the with uh, Lafontaine and and Terjean yeah. trade. So yeah, five games with Buffalo. So they just kind of they knew that they that. Um, they knew that the Islanders were looking at you maybe. And so they're yeah. like, okay, we'll get him and then we'll turn around and, and, and package. Pat yeah, you, you, you just yeah. don't know. You, you just don't know. And they, and they say, I wish they would have told me that before I signed the lease the night before and had my furniture shipped to Buffalo. But no, you didn't. No def- way. Did you really? They, they definitely aren't going to, they definitely aren't going to tell you that stuff. So You're that's re- part of the game and move on. And oh. off to the Island, I went with, uh, I like to tell the story. It was, it was uh, myself, Fleur LaFontaine, and they threw Turgeon in. So that's kind of how I looked at the trade now that it was the second one in two weeks. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a big trade, man. Uh, Hogue, Yui Krupp, Turgeon to New York for uh, Hillier, yeah. uh, LaFontaine, and Randy Wood also involved in that deal. Yeah. A huge trade. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. And so you it were was, like. I think, and then uh, Steve Thomas and Adam Creighton actually got traded from Chicago to the Outlanders the same day. So there was, I think, six of us in the lineup that night, new players. And- yeah. 
Um, yeah. So yeah. So how was your stay at the island? The twenty three game, twenty three points in fifty four games. Um, yeah, you- I was kind of used sporadically here and out, and then uh, came a situation where Ken Baumgartner he got mad at uh, Al Arbor, you know, pissed him off, and yeah, yeah. he wanted traded. Next thing you know, there's a trade with Toronto, and <laughs> of course, I'm part of it. So it was You're like thanks. Palmer. I remember that yeah. I, 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 it was quarter to three in the trade deadline, and I'm thinking, all right, we got a game that night. I made it through. All of a sudden, the phone rings, and I had a roommate at the time, Jeff Finley, and he goes, uh, "Is is Jeff there?" And I said, uh, "No, he's not playing. He was just down the street eating or something." He says, yeah. "Well, he has to play today." We've made a trade. Okay. And you're like, like, so? Okay. All right. He goes, oh, yeah. And we traded you to Toronto, by the way. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I didn't even know what to say. And I was on a flight at like 630 to Minnesota trying to catch uh, Toronto down there for game the next night. So Four trades yeah. in a year. Like, again, like if you yeah. if you go on the positive side, people are said, hey, I need Dave McElwain. I want a second, third line guy. I want offense. I want a guy who can play defense. So that's the way you got to look at it. You know, but good God, I can't imagine. Was that was that would have been Bill Tory, then who traded you? Uh, from the yes, yeah, the, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Bill Tory. Yeah, so that you know, my furniture it left Winnipeg. <laughs> it chased me around the, the whole time. Couldn't even find a place in New York that I could put it in. So mm-hmm. I went home and bought a place in the lake. Shipped my furniture there, and that was the last time I. I rented furnished every time, everywhere I went. From there That's on. crazy. So. Um, so were you, look, you, you grew up in Seaforth, uh, Ontario, uh, out, about two hours, mm-hmm. I think, outside of Toronto. Um, yeah. And uh, oh, thanks to Brett Lee, by the way, for hooking this podcast up. I don't think I say anything when I hit record. But uh, So were you a Leaf fan growing up? Was this cool to go to, go to Toronto? Well, it was. I was kind of uh, in a bit of a fog. I didn't really set in the fact that, okay, I'm with the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, you do, but I was just kind of that year I'm, you hate to say it, but it's like, man, could this season end any any quicker than but we were close to making the playoffs when we got here. There was a lockout for ten days and mm-hmm. we ended up missing it by like two points or something, which we, you know, could have got in and um, you know, it was good to start fresh the next year. They hired Pat Burns in. Uh I ended up playing had a, a decent year, but I was kind of in and out of the lineup mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, realizing, you know, we were in Toronto. We had a great run in the playoff that year. The city was just, right. you know, come alive. And you you look back at, you know, I'm li- I live in Toronto now and it's still the team they talk about. Oh, and, I know. Right. Tell me about know, it. We had a, you know, a very legit chance of winning the Stanley Cup with a couple breaks, a uh, missed call here and there, and, and we could have been in the finals, but. It didn't happen, and I'm sure every guy's got that sob story. Um, yeah, did you have any idea? So you got to Toronto. There was a year that Gilmore had gotten there earlier, and yeah. Dougie really, like, I mean, me being a Leaf fan, he put the team on his back. He he was playing phenomenal hockey that 92-93 yeah, season. He must have just been he amazed. Was, he was. It was crazy. Either. And he, by the end of the playoffs, I think the guy was uh, 160 pounds soaking right. wet and played with the heart of a lion and – and uh, I was very fortunate to, you know, watch him and learn and uh, see the way he played. Not being a big guy, that it, it can be done, and and uh, just yeah, I was going to say a little bit of you, like you, to yeah. Win. It, yeah, and, and he, you know, very offensive. Like he was a very smart player. Mm-hmm. That uh, and I didn't see him that much to really realize how good a player he was because he always seemed to be behind those top centermen. Yeah. 
you know, what didn't matter where he's St. Louis or in, in, Calgary. in Calgary. Yep. And, you know, I think he's behind Newendike there, who was, they were both great players, but mm-hmm. I always remember Newendike. I knew Dougie, but yeah. didn't realize. And, and I don't think he realized till he got out and was the number one guy that he was, um, he had to believe he was that good, but then he actually showed people he was that good or two different things. So. You said you're in and out of the lineup. Pat Burns was the coach. Uh, did you butt heads with him? What was his? What did he tell no, you about? No, I, I don't know. There was just he I didn't really butt heads. I ended up having 14 goals, but it was one of those. Use me. Kent Manderville was in and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Eastwood. They kind of moved us around, and I, I never quite understood it. But uh, you know, when there was a teams going of a funk, they always change the fourth line guys, not that we're yeah. going to make the difference. Yeah, exactly it was, right. It's like, really? Okay. And, <laughs> and you think you play decent, but you're out. And, and we had a good, I was always a team guy and kind of, maybe I should have spoke up more, but uh, you know, the team was winning and you never really want to rock the boat in those situations, but you always have to look out for yourself. And yeah, I, I tried to take the positives from it and, and ended up, you know, learning a lot and playing with some great players and, and seeing how what it takes to win, too. And I, I marching into Pat Burns' office, Dave, was probably a little intimidating also. That guy was, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he was uh, He was a bit of a bear, but, uh, yeah. you know, he, he was he was hard. I think, the, you know, at the rink, he, he, was, he was that bear. But if you get him away from the rink, he was a, a pretty decent guy. The, you got into four games in that run to the, to the semifinals um, against the Kings. Did you were you scratched or did you get hurt or was that the, which, no, game, which was, games were they? I was kind of the black one of the black aces yeah. that I was kind of I was in and out and uh, you know they they got winning and got in their role and then the odd game I get in I, I really feel I could have helped more if we in the in the LA series because they had a, a line that was very fast with Millen and Donnelly and. Uh, uh, Tony Granado. Granado, yeah. So I fine. felt that I could have use my speed against them and whether it's go against that line. But anyway, it didn't happen. You know, that's, that's me looking on, but obviously the coaches make different decisions and that's what they, they come up with. Uh, of course uh, it was tough watching that, but you're, you're there and so you're, you're supporting the guys and, and uh, yeah, it would have been you're part of it, but uh, not a little easier being on the ice being part of it. So which did you get into all the Detroit and a bit of St. Louis or which series or did you play at all in the Kings? Or? To, I played uh, two in the Detroit and two in uh, in St. Louis series, and uh, none in the LA series. What about Game Sevens? Did you get any seven Game Sevens? Uh, no, I'm I didn't. Trying to dig up I your not. trying to dig up your stats here. There's a lot of yeah. people that no, have. I did. I, would, I didn't have the Game Sevens there. Yeah, yeah. Um, what a time to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. Like you said, you're still important guy, black ace. You're still uh, a big part of the team and everything else. What a time. What a magical time, really, right? Like you said, people it, are still talking it, about it. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I just remember we had a, we had a appreciation day down City Hall, and there was thousands of people out. And I just couldn't imagine the city if it did, you know, when it <laughs> went or it does win the Stanley Cup. Like, this place is going to be crazy. It was just. It was such a good feeling. I look back now, and of course, woulda, coulda, shoulda, and, and I know we could have battled Montreal. Oh, you know, for it would have sure. been a great, great series. We we played them hard during the during the uh, during the the season. I think we beat them in a four game series, but not that that means we would have beat them. But uh, we were playing pretty good hockey, and I think we've uh, challenged very 
yeah. for that for the cup for sure. Yeah, and also too, like for a guy like yourself, and I, and I've done a bunch of these with with NHL guys, and you know, I certainly I cover the motocross guys, and in in my on my side of things, a racer who gets injured and comes back, he takes him a couple get, couple races to get up to speed, and then if he gets injured again, he's back to zero. It's the same kind of thing for a hockey player. Like you get in a game or two. It takes a game or two to get your legs, and then you're back out of the lineup, and you're like, well, yeah. shit, I need some momentum, right? Yeah, it's, you, you need some ice time, and that, that's the frustrating part, to, to get out there and you play up three or four shifts, and, and right. you can't really prove it. But, uh, you know, I have kind of a track record. If I do get the ice time, I can usually, you know, provide the results. But uh, it's, yeah. it's, you know, I'm not sour, sound like sour grace, but it's, no, yeah, it's yeah. getting the, the coach to believe in you and, and uh, you get that confidence. A big part is right. confidence in, in your game and how you play and, and knowing if you make that one mistake, you're not going to be out. And it's tough playing the game knowing that it's okay if I don't, if I mess up here, I'm not going to play tomorrow. And then you, <laughs> you don't play your game. Right, right. You're, you're thinking about mistakes and you're, you're thinking too much instead of just playing and reacting the way the game should be played. But it's the old thing. Uh, give me, give me more ice time and I'll play better. And the coach says play better and I'll give you more ice time. It's the old, exactly. it's the exactly. old uh, thing. Right. And, um, and I, I have heard that. Yes. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, what was, uh, what was Wendell Clark like as a teammate? Uh, obviously very popular Maple Leaf with myself included. Uh, how was Wendell um, to, to be, uh, you know, well, I got, I got to know Wendell from day one. He was, you know, one of the single guys in the team. We hung out the, the year I played here. We actually lived together. So I got to know him quite well. And we, we still see each other on a regular basis. He lives across the street downtown here. He moved in from uh, King City. He's right across uh, mm. the way in another condo. So we run into each other quite often. But just a, he's a small town farm boy that uh, yep. loved the game, played the game with, with you know, a monstrous heart, like everyone knows. And, and just, uh, it was not, it was hard for a fan not to like a guy like that. And, and you see it when he's out and around in the city and how he represents uh, the, uh, the Leafs today. People, people just love him. They, they remember him. And, you know, there's a few guys with Sittlers and, yeah. and uh, Dougie Gilmore, but it's hard to put anyone above uh, Wendell. Yeah, it's it's crazy. The when you really look at you know he wasn't he didn't have a ton of stats or anything else, but just the the city's the city loves him. They connected with him. It was just one of those one of those yeah, magical and things. I mean, he'll he'll be we call him the mayor. He'll be the mayor here for <laughs> for the day he he's gone. Like it's uh, it's crazy. You know, he gets a lot of salvation out of all the Leafs. You know, when they show him on the on the jumbotron during games, and they just remember him. Hard nose. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, you got claimed and by score, like yeah, as we know. Yeah, really, right? Um, hey, looking yeah. at your uh, looking at your stats, by the way, before the podcast, you had uh, you had one fight in your career. That's all. That's what it said. What about the seven or eight ones I wrestled the guy to the ground. I guess. <laughs> I, I remembered you being a little bit more scrappy than that, Dave. But oh, well, I just knew how to get out of them. Maybe. I, don't know. I, didn't, I didn't go looking for him. And, I know. And, uh, I felt like saying. I, I'll admit it wasn't wasn't one of my strong no, parts of my game. But I remember you getting, and you know, I just remember you being scrappy. You guy, you wouldn't back down. You know what I mean? And but I was yeah, surprised. You, you I like, get in there, but I, right. I knew when to. <laughs> Back down and when to go in there, I guess. Yeah, you should learn that when you're not a very good fighter. Wendell, go get him. I don't like, go get like him. I, I took cheap, cheap shots or anything, but it was just he played with 
Yeah. You know, I'm a bit of an edge, and I didn't cross that edge where I had a guy running me down for a bad hit or something. I guess that's one way to, <laughs> right. to look at it. Right. Uh, the next year, I guess it wasn't that big of a shock. You were put on waivers, like you said. Uh, Pat, you know, you were in on the lineup, and uh, so you were claimed by Ottawa. Uh, now you were going to the arch enemy, Ottawa Senators, right? Yeah. Yeah, I lost you there for a second. But, oh. um, yeah, I got picked up. I. I got, I went in the ninth round, but I went first overall in the waiver draft. I don't know if that counts for anything. But, <laughs> sure, uh, why not? Take it. We'll take it. <laughs> it was Ottawa or Anaheim and then Tampa, but right. I got to go to Ottawa. And uh, at the time, you know, I, I knew something was up, and I was going to a team that uh, obviously it was the second year. It was it was very trying those two years I was there. Just you know, we were trying to put a lineup together. My first year was uh, Yashin was there and Alexander Dag. Yeah. It was, we, I think we won, I don't even know, 14, 15 games. Four, it wasn't 14, very many. Yeah, 14 it was, games. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a, believe me, it was, it was a long year, but I had the opportunity. Uh, uh, Sylvan and Turgeon got hurt, and I was, they brought me in to be a fourth line guy. And mm-hmm. next thing I'm first line left wing, and um, I, know, I know I could have got over on a 20 goal mark, but I separated his shoulder. Uh, yep. That season, and I was playing with Yash, who was a very talented player. So it would go to the net and try to put the puck in the net for him. Yeah, it, that, that's I've, again. I've talked to Laura, I've done one of these with Laurie Boschman, and I've done them with different guys like Doug Smale. I did one of these with Doug. It's a grind on these teams, like and these like it's uh, every day you go to the rink and you're like, well. I guess we're not going to win tonight, and and, and eventually it, that just gets to be really tough. It's just you're all in it together, I guess. But man, it's a tough go. You know, it, it was a mental part. Uh, some days you, you just had to have the right attitude. We had the right coach there, Rick Bonus, when I was there, and he mm-hmm. did a great job um, keeping the guys loose and trying to have fun, even though it was it was tough at days getting there and trying to get up for the rink. And, and you see Detroit on the other side with the Russian <laughs> right. powerhouse coming in, and we're just trying to keep it under 10 goals some nights. With You know, it's just <laughs> you. It, it was, and guys coming in and out of the lineup, we had three or four different guys in there all the time. Minor league guys coming up and yeah. down, in and out, trading this guy gone here, and right, right. It was just you just never knew who you were there. Well, I wasn't good on the plus minus size, Dave. You were minus forty, but that's okay. Gordonine was minus fifty two. <laughs> <laughs> it's one well, of the- I. That, that, I look at those, it just means you played a lot. I know, that's right? Actually, <laughs> I thought of that the other day. I said, I was minus 48. I was actually on the ice for a lot of goals for so I couldn't imagine. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly, right? If, if, if we didn't score any goals, it could have yeah. been uh, yeah. could have been another re- another record for something <laughs> for, other for, than for something, like, yeah. goals for and against. But. Hey, 43 points in 66 games. Again, giving a chance you can produce, yeah. you know, like I kind of talked about with the minors, too, with you. Like, giving some... Yeah top line minutes you could score you could you just kind of never yeah, have it's all yeah. opportunity and right. i'm sure you can ask any guy in the nhl and uh you just got to wait for your time and when you do you you try to make the best of it and, and I, it's, I, I was fortunate to have the right attitude and mm-hmm. i could easily i think went sour on things but yeah I, I guess that comes back to really loving the game and, and putting up with some of the and every i think a lot of people look at our game and just see the the glory of it all, and you're playing the NHL, which was, believe me, was amazing. I would never yep. say that, but there, there's like any other job. There's a lot of ups and downs and some mm-hmm. things you don't like and things that really pee you off during, during right. the season, but 
it's all like in life. It's how you handle things and how you, uh, yeah, see, uh, make the best of things and handle every situation. Well, even you can, I guess. You know, I deal with these motocross racers, and there's some of them that are millionaires. You know, they make millions of dollars a year. And some of them are, are just not that happy. They, they're divorced. They have issues, um, you know, whatever. And you're just like, wow, from the outside, you're like, this guy has it all. But I'm in, I know these guys, and I get in there as a media guy. And you're, you realize, like, it doesn't really matter. It, it, everyone goes through, you know, ups and downs and has problems in their sure. lives, like yeah. everybody, you know? So, yeah, yeah. it's that's, uh, the way the world works. Yeah. Um, what, what stretch of hockey, what stretch of hockey in your career? And we just covered it. Um, where you, did you felt you were playing your best? And never mind the plus minus on Ottawa, or never mind the trades or anything like that. Like what what stretch of hockey do you think in yourself where you were just on your game? Is is there a stretch that comes to mind? I would have to say in Winnipeg yep. um, when I got traded there that first year. Uh, playoff, I don't know what in playoffs. It kind of I couldn't get it going, but there's parts during the season there where. You know, you just were so loose, and goals were going in. The team was winning, and you just, you know, everything was good, and mm-hmm. and uh, you just had a lot of confidence. And I, I remember first time I got sent to uh, Cleveland, also Ottawa at Santa's there, mm-hmm. um, playing well. Just you're you're back to your normal self. You're playing your game. Unfortunately, you're in the minors, but yeah, you know, I always knew there was other teams going to be looking, and if you play well, then someone will, you know, pull for you and trade for you. And, I ended up getting traded back to uh, Pittsburgh. So, right. um, you know, if you have the, like I said, the right attitude and, and it's, it's so much to do with confidence. Yeah. And I believe that even whether you're 20 years old or 38 years old, mm-hmm. if, if you don't have the confidence, uh, you can struggle out there and everyone says, well, just get your confidence. <laughs> right. It's not that easier. It's, yeah. it's, it's a bounce here, a goal goes in there, and all of a sudden you relax. There's something changes, and, and away you go. You see so many guys go through that, uh, watch it, and you know you've been through it. It's just like, man, you just need that break. And sometimes the harder you try, the worse it got. It's almost you have to step back a bit and just sure. slow the game down, and, and away you go. What was the longest contract you signed? Did you ever get like a two- or three-year deal? I The longest I ever got was a two-year deal. Two years, yeah. Um, two years and then uh, over in Germany every year it was kind of I went year by year just let's see how we're doing yep. come November they were always good to resign me I didn't have to wait to the end of the year and mm-hmm. and uh, you know by November okay I got the next year so then right. you work for that and get through it and then see how the next year so they do it a little different over there and and uh, yeah I never got more than a, a two year deal so I, I guess I never had that comfort of uh a nice five-year deal or something. Right. Would, when you great. Hey, when you look at sometimes some of those those uh, I know the Swiss League does this a lot. Uh, you get a house, you get a car, all paid for, all part of your contract. You probably were making pretty good money in uh, in the German league, huh? Yeah, you you do that. You can. They they look after your car. They look after your apartment. Yep. Switzerland, I think the the leagues are more. I think you know, obviously Russia's paying the most now. Yeah. It used to be Switzerland. You know, Switzerland might be second now. They mm-hmm. need to down us with or Sweden, Germany. They still pay well, but the thing with Russia, you, you could make a lot just whether you're going to get it or how you're going to get it home. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you never know what's going to happen. And I was just, you know, I was happy with what I was making in uh, Germany. And, and yeah. obviously, you always, you always want to make more, but uh, obviously, I was content and, and uh, happy with the living I was making. Did you ever get invited to the World Championships ever? No, I didn't. I played for uh, Team Canada 
I did the Spangler Cup actually yeah, four times. Yep. Um, two at Team Canada and two at Germany, like the clone. Right. They, they asked our club team to go. So I had four times there. A few different, played for Team Canada, a few different Deutschland Cups. And there was a Swedish, uh, what was it called up there? There was a tournament up in Sweden. Uh-huh. Every winter they used to grab guys from over there and put a team together. So, no, I never got to the World Championships. Um would have been, yeah. Would have been I imagine you were one of the guys. You were have. probably one of the guys that was on the short list, though, a few years. You know what I mean? As I, far I as getting was, over there. The yeah. one year I was in Cologne, they ended up taking uh, Brad Schlegel, a defenseman who played with Team Canada for mm-hmm. years in the Olympics, and, and uh, they brought him along. I don't think he ended up playing, but uh, he was I, there to be part of it all. I remember, I think either you scored against Canada or you did something, but I remember seeing, like, on TSN or something, some Spanger Cup highlights, and they're like, Dave McElwain! And I'm like, hey! Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that was actually uh, against Canada when I was playing for, with uh, Germany. Yeah. They started, that was just when they were starting to come over and cover stuff a little more. Right, right. Um, and obviously now it's, you know, they show every game. So yeah, yeah, you know, no. It's, 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 it's changed a lot since uh, when I was there. I was like, Dave McElwain, wait! He's Canadian. Wait, what's he doing? He's, yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's where he is. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, you, and you lose track of a lot of guys. You can always look over in Europe, and sure. odds are they're, they're over there somewhere. Uh, best game you played in the NHL? Do you have a game that stands out, one or two games that stand out for you? Or, um, you know, uh, just... I'd, I'd have to say I, I got uh, one game. I just got traded from Cleveland, well, Ottawa, and then Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland yeah. was Pittsburgh's farm team. They called me up, and Thomas Sandstrom was hurt. Mm-hmm. And they put me on right wing with uh, Ron Francis and, and Mario. Oh, nice, so I was like, nice. okay, start the game. I'm going to you know, just do my thing. We were down in their end. I'm in front of the net. Bang, bang, boom, scored in seven seconds. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this is, I can do this. Yeah. And that was after being in the minors for you know, five months. And yeah. uh, next thing you know, second period, Mario sends me in. I scored again. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be – this is easy. And, well, I think it ended about two or three games, and then uh, Thomas was back, and I might have been in the press box. But anyway, it was a, it was a fun couple games playing with those guys. And You're like, I was, in Cle- I was in Cleveland, and now I'm with Mario and Ron Francis. <laughs> yeah, so it was like the old uh, outhouse to the penthouse pretty quick. Yeah, really. It, really. it can go the other way pretty quick too. Yeah, that's one thing I guess, yeah, like you said, you've learned, right, over the years, no doubt. Yeah. Well, um, Dave McElwain, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate your time. Uh, yeah, my a, a fantastic my career, an interesting career, too. Like, besides, you know, all the teams you played for and all the things you've done, like going to Germany, I think, is interesting. Spangler Cup. And the, I think what comes through is the, the love of the game you had and how you really just wanted to keep playing it, you know what I mean? Which I think is awesome. I think that's great. And Yeah, thank you. I, I think I was a little uh, – I wanted – Wanted to prolong getting into the real world as long as I could. <laughs> right, I right. Was, Nothing wrong with that. Driving me. Dude. Then I didn't have to figure out what that next career was going to be. So No, nothing wrong with anyway. that. Like, peel the skates off me, man. As long as someone wants to yeah. pay me money, I'll play the game, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with yeah. that. The problem is now we pay to play. It's not the same as getting paid to play. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. a whole different uh, uh, concept that I'm that's trying funny. to grasp. <laughs> yeah, you're, wait a minute. I used to get sticks and skates for free all the time. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, well, thanks for doing the Pulp Hockey Podcast, Dave. I really appreciate it. Uh, good luck with everything, and uh, thanks for your time today. Okay, my pleasure to chat with you. Thanks. Have a great day.